You can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Oswald Cardona, and I'm joined by Link Keller. Hello. And Laura Taylor. Hey. 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 <laughs> I'm trying right. to wake up, Josue. I'm trying to wake up. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so today, um, what sparked this episode was a few different things. Um... One, and I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but the TV show Cops was canceled. And Mm -hmm. that's why we have the most clickbaity title I can think of that we've had in a long time (laughs) called Cops Canceled. Um, That is is a part of the conversation. Because the more I think about it, the more I think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that show was on the air for longer than like, longer than she's been alive. It's the first reality TV show. That's the part that gets me. That's the part that I've been thinking about a lot because I was a kid when that show came out. Mm-hmm. And then not only I'm was I'm singing it like, the song in my head right now. Right, 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 right. Everybody's like, bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? do? And then it was like, oh, this is... We didn't think of reality TV back then. Like You even say, like, oh, that was the first reality TV show. That didn't exist. To mm-hmm. us, that was like a documentary, mm-hmm. right? That was like, not that documentaries are, are necessarily factual um, 100%, but it was it was like, oh, this is real life. This is what policing is. Now, 33 years later, we know that reality TV is bullshit because <laughs> of how, how edited it is mm-hmm. and how much you can um, alter the situations. The, 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 um, you, can, you can like plant people and move things around right and and set people up and i mean to think that we went from something like oh let's just follow cops around to i don't know what's a what's a crazy reality tv show the circle (laughs) is the circle a reality tv show the one on uh netflix where everybody's on social media and they only talk to each other through social media oh i didn't i thought that was i didn't know that was a reality tv show i thought that was a like a no scripted tv show oh no no no. reality tv show but even like the real world (laughs) when you're looking at things that are less charged than say cops uh what's more people are naked that they that they send them naked somewhere oh naked and afraid there you go yeah Mm mm-hmm I don't know if that's the other spectrum. I, I feel like it can go farther. <laughs> it, it, it could go farther. But like they yeah, film all this now. stuff and everything on these shows actually happened. But they edit it so in such a way that like you could make anybody say anything. I mean, Josue, you could make me and Link say anything. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can. Maybe I have. But uh, Oh, no. <laughs> but something like Naked and Afraid, at the very least, people are agreeing, you know, like they're signing a contract that they're going to get naked for the purpose of a TV show. Mm-hmm. These, you know, our understanding 33 years ago was that like, oh, this is real. This is real life and cops are being followed around. So the show was canceled in in light of current protests, the Black Lives Movement protest, police brutality protest, anti-racism protests. And I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking how influential that show was. I think I mentioned and um like that i think that show was really influential to me and people that i know when we were little and link you laughed hard when i said that <laughs> but it was ex- i believe it was extremely influential and i saw i've, I've read 
many reports on that where uh, many police departments saw it as a recruitment opportunity mm-hmm. when yeah. when cops came calling and they were like oh yeah 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 no absolutely come with us and and it worked like i remember when i was a kid me and a cousin of mine who were super close um he, he ended up being a cop and i don't know if it was because of the show but i think i think it helped mm-hmm. i don't think it i don't think it deterred him in any way uh so that is and that's just cops there are i've been reflecting on the so watching real actual real life police brutality for the last 3 weeks now mm-hmm. um has been Actually, the more I think about it, maybe it's not as different from <laughs> from what you saw in Cops uh, as as I would like to remember. Um, but it's yeah, it is not it is not comfortable to watch, right? And and the and, and you know a lot of people don't want you to to watch that, but that is very different than Police Academy and Brooklyn Nine Nine and Zootopia and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other stories about um police and policing and this is this I don't know there's I've probably like 30 different points on my notes <laughs> I don't know how many <laughs> how many link has um let's see let's see where this goes so that's my introduction to to the episode and the conversation basically these shows are obviously what we always talk about media matters and these representations um, influence the way we see the world. And for many of us whom actually just, just to, to gauge, like have any of you had interactions personally um, with the police? Yes. Like, yeah. Have they been violent? Were they okay? Were they helpful? Was it, you don't have to go into specifics, but <laughs> I have never, uh been on the receiving end of police violence but i have been on the end of receiving intimidation mm-hmm. um yeah 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 but i have the extreme privilege of being a, a feminine looking white woman so mm-hmm. the 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 way i am perceived automatically means i'm less likely to be you know fucked with because uh patriarchy <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and this is actually also like a spiritual successor to an episode <laughs> that we did two years ago where um i called it superhero induced trauma where mm-hmm. we we were talking about the ps4 spider-man game and how it didn't sit well with me that we beat the shit out of people constantly and uh Sometimes like a purse snatcher would just beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And it obviously made me think of like, what are, we're the good guys and we're, you know, I, I kind of framed the title in terms of um, like brain trauma or actual, you know, like psychological trauma of going mm-hmm. through something like that for something small. Again, George Floyd died at the hands of a cop, but he was stopped for using a, a, a supposed right the supposedly a, a counterfeit $20 bill right that seems very very minor but in spider-man ps4 you'd get the shit beat out of you and then like possibly get like uh, webbed to a wall for mm-hmm. a long time or hung upside down from whatever and we talked about yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 um i mean 
how Miles Morales' this game is going to handle that uh, afterwards could be a whole other episode. That could be that could be the return of headshots. <laughs> <laughs> be a whole hour. Um, but yeah, but in that episode, Lara, you mentioned that you had you had uh, a client and you witnessed them. Uh, you witnessed police come in and be completely uh, over the top. And mm-hmm. and I don't know if you want to you know reiterate what you saw, but yeah, since that was. That Ali was on that episode. That was a couple yeah. of years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Um, so I witnessed a client of mine, a former client of mine, uh, who was he was being threatening, and um, he was a teenager of color. Um, he had been threatening a a white uh, staff member at the school. And she um, she didn't really know what to do, so she called the cops. And it's interesting because um, that school is for kids who have behavior problems and should know de-escalation. Uh, yeah. And even if they had come down to talk to me and have me talk to him, I probably could have de-escalated the situation. That's beside the point. Um, yeah. He had a weapon that he like picked up something and he dropped it. Um, when the cops started chasing him and they threw him on the ground and, uh, they were way over the top and he did not struggle until they started, um, becoming violent with him. And this was right after Eric Garner and Mm. this kid had asthma and they, um, they knelt on his neck and he was 16 and in California at the time and still now it is illegal to use that move on a minor, which it should be everyone. But um, the and law. they did that with an audience looking out yeah. the window and yelling at them and videoing. Yeah. Um, and uh, this kid did go to jail after for um, uh, assaulting the police. Yeah. Uh, and it uh. was it. And I am I am. Yeah, you said I was sleep. I said I was sleepy before we started recording. I am warm and angry and uh, wet eyes. I I loved this kid, and um, he deserved better than that. Um, And yeah, he deserved better than that. He was finally turning his life around too. So. My my interactions with police have always been limited in in many ways, positive, um, but, but in some ways not. So like, had a car accident once. Police were very helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. had car trouble. Um, I haven't stopped for a few uh, tickets, but it was very non-eventful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I am Puerto Rican, but I'm I'm very light skinned, and so never had any issues there. But um, the my both of my step parents and all of my step siblings are black, and so at our homes we would have these conversations of like, "You guys need to be careful." It was stupid that I was kind of included, but I understand what they meant. It was like, "Stop dressing this way. Don't do this. Don't go there. Don't go here." And you know, like in hindsight, they were obviously more. Um, uh, my parents were more concerned about my step siblings because we looked very different, mm-hmm. uh, because of. You know, we don't want you to get stopped by the police. We don't want a problem, and mm-hmm. and so those those discussions happened in my home. But yeah, I don't have any direct um, 
like ex- like negative experiences personally in real life mm-hmm. so so that's like context um and so even though i had a few interactions it was all very limited i'd say that definitely the majority of my exposure to police and my impressions and beliefs about police are shaped by television and i say that and this is this is where, I, where i'll turn it over to both of you upon reflection I am very confused by my attitudes about police. Oh, I forgot to share one thing. Um, I have a family member who uh, is about my age, and when we were small, uh, his parents, um, both of them police officers, during a domestic violent dispute um, a few houses down from where I was living, one of his parents shot the other. And even with that, even with that, my uh, opinion of police has always still been mostly positive. And so you put that on one end and then you put on what I've reflected upon is the negative portrayal of police for decades on television. Because the more I I think about like some of my favorite stories and it's like, huh? Okay. Even like we talked about the matrix, like in the matrix, like the cops are bad right like they're the enemy at all times like there's never a good cop in those movies right they're all potentially they're all they're all uh literally evil and those are my favorite movies and still i still have a generally positive view of of police because i think it's because of so many so many so much representation of police as the hero or the helper or the the protagonist of the story but again, upon reflection, just so much violence and so much, um, so much bad shit <laughs> that they're also represented uh, doing, and that has changed a lot over the years. Based on, and this is something we'll talk about too, about who is actually uh, making the content and who is telling the story. So yeah, so all of that stuff is what I was thinking about coming into this episode. I pass it on to to Link. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I the just two people start. that took notes are you two and not me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to start by stating a cab, and uh, then I'm going to follow that up with the reason, uh, or at least part of the reason that you have a generally positive attitude towards police is because of the media we consume, and there's been uh, copaganda for the past hundred years. So anybody who has consumed any amount of media. <laughs> in the last hundred years has come across something uh, that definitely fits within the uh, the confines of propaganda. Yeah. And, and actually let's stop on ACAP for a second, just because that's a, that's a, um, a hashtag that you see online, especially more now than I'm assuming ever before. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I, like I couldn't really understand at the beginning, but it is something that, Again, I've never been a, a, a cop, but I did work for the military for many years. And I think it's, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the sentiment is that, the, that um, all cops are bastards or all cops are bad is the, is the idea, meaning that if you're in a system, you're still complicit in some way, because even if not everybody is, is bad, you're still all responsible for, for the actions of everyone involved. Is that pretty accurate? Yes. Yeah. And so uh, when I worked for the, for the military, uh, after a while, I was like, I kept trying to distance myself from being in Iraq and Afghanistan forever. 
Like I joined as a civilian. I joined the military as a civilian before the, it was post nine 11. And then while I was working, I don't know, the dates may be wrong, but like after it was like, Oh yeah, the whole weapons of mass destruction thing was a lie. It was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like then, then what are we doing? You know? And those, those were strange times. And for years I struggled with justifying to myself and to others that I worked for the U S military. After a few years, I left the department of defense and went to work for the army. And I kept justifying that. I mean, when I left the department of defense, I already like, I denied that I worked for the military. I would never say it out in public. I kind of tried to hide that. Um, but I was getting paid, which is, you know, uh, part of the problem. But then when I went to the army, I was working for the medical part of the army. And for a couple of years, I was able to actually, no, it didn't last that long for about a year. I was able to kind of justify the fact that I was like, no, 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 I'm not part of the, I'm not part of the problem. I'm part of, you know, I'm part of the medical component. Like that's completely different. I'm not a part of that. And that didn't last very long. And I went into the possibly the longest and deepest bout of depression of my life. It was dealing with that. It was dealing with being part of a a system, a, a group of of people that it was almost impossible to not feel responsibility for the actions of that group, being a part of it, and more importantly, being a um, a getting getting paid for it. And there's there's an extra level of perversion to it. Which again, I'm not a cop. I don't know if cops feel this way. I can only I can only say uh, how I feel. But the fact that you're using public funds to do that, and um, that was yeah, that was that was uh, not great. So so like the the concept again. I think I think even the first time I heard it, I was like whoa 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 whoa. But but I I, I understand it now better, and and I can actually relate to to that um, sentiment. So again, I just wanted to clarify that in case people don't understand what what it's talking about <laughs> i appreciate you being thoughtful that's a good trait to have but i mean it's one of those phrases that i don't think is particularly helpful when you're trying to for the revolution yeah but like for for civil discourse for, for and, trying to, and yeah. trying to convince people to to possibly shift their their just be open to new ideas um i don't i don't i wouldn't lead with it um but I, but I understand. But again, yeah. I, th- I think it is more. I think, I think it res- it deserves some thoughtfulness. <laughs> if someone came up to me and like, you know, qu- quietly said it instead of, um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I just, I just thought it deserved. A, I a appreciate where you're both coming from, <laughs> but I stand by using it as my opening statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your closing statement? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's open, closed. Book is done. Very short. No, no, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) this is not what you expect. No, um, I, I sent uh, when you Josue brought up the idea of talking about this topic this week. I sent you guys um, uh, several sources to read, which of course none of you did. I didn't say I didn't read them. I said I didn't read. Well, I did read one. Uh, okay, so there there is a five 
part series on the Washington Post. It is called Dragnets, Dirty Harrys, and Dying Hard, 100 Years of Police in Pop Culture. Mm -hmm. And this five-part essay basically outlines the relationship between the police and Hollywood and entertainment media and how um, a lot of the common aspects we see in cop characters are for very specific PR reasons. Um, And one thing that I didn't necessarily know beforehand was that if you have a, a show or a movie where you are talking about cops or the military, you have to get an uh, expert, what's it called? Somebody somebody who comes in and checks to make sure it's realistic enough. Um, like a and, backward sensitivity reader? Sort of. <laughs> but um, a lot of the time... Is that, that only if you mention a real police department or group? I think it's... Very generalized, but okay. I don't, okay. I do not know what the specific rules are. And I'm sure there, um, there are rules there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are very specific worded rules, but, um, yeah, I mean like it, any show that is around like police procedural aspects, they are paying police officers to come in and say like, oh, this is how we, you know, we usually do this or this is like the way we tend to carry our clothes or, you know, uh, ways of standing, um, lingo to use and all of that stuff. But it is it is coming from police officers. Sometimes they are retired, but sometimes they are being paid by the county or state as a police officer and also being paid as a consultant was the word I was looking for expert consultant on um, shows and films and stuff. But um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Uh, This, this uh, Washington post series is really good. I, I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in, in media psychology in general. Also, it's not new. It's like four years old. Yeah. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a, a several year old series. Um, but it is it is just really crazy to basically see an outline of how in, you know, like the, the 20s uh, in shows showing police officers, the cops came in and they're all like, you have to show us like we have to look good. Because otherwise, people won't take us seriously and they won't respect us. And so you can't show anything involving police that makes us look bad because we need to look good, especially in L.A. County where, you know, there's been a, a long history of, of issues with the police. But, yeah, it's um it's really interesting. I also came across a, a really cool study. Um, the Normalizing Injustice study, and they looked at they looked at twenty six crime related scripted television series from networks and sc- streaming services. They looked at three hundred and fifty three randomized episodes from each series, and they also looked at who the creators, showrunners, and writers were for those episodes. And from there, they went and they watched every episode and um, 
did a coding process where they were looking at, you know, what the police officer characters were doing, um, what kind of... uh, uh, what kind of victims were being shown, what kind of regular uh, types of crimes were being shown um, when you're looking at stuff that has to do with the criminal justice system. It's like, you know, who there, there was one thing where it's like more than 60 percent of TV judges are black. And it's like six percent in real life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they went through all these episodes to try and, you know, just figure out where the patterns are. And there's some really interesting stuff, including the the one that sort of blew my mind the most is in a lot of uh, cop procedural criminal justice related shows. The There will be a, a bad cop character mm-hmm. who will do bad cop things. But in almost all of those shows, they have good cop characters doing even more bad cop things, but they're still considered the good character because yeah. of the framing and empathizing with our main character and all of this stuff. And it ends up reinforcing these ideas that, like, actually, this stuff isn't that bad because the good guy is doing it. And it also minimizes, like, the realities within our criminal justice system by skipping over them for, you know, effect. Uh, you don't want to show the uh, six and a half hours waiting to talk to your uh, criminal, no, defense lawyer who only spends like four and a half minutes actually talking to you and then leaves is like, that's not good TV. So they show us f- fake stuff. But as you said early on, Hostways, a lot of us, that media representation is the representation we have. And so for a lot of people, those references are what you are unconsciously referring to when you're thinking about police and criminal justice. And so even though it's not bad to have a cop show where a good cop does some bad guy cop stuff, it's this overwhelming pattern and it hides the racial aspects and the gendered aspects and and disability and mental health problems and all of that stuff by just sort of doing some like wiggly room shit of like oh we're just like we're not going to we're not going to actually talk about that part <laughs> and uh yeah i just yeah this these papers are like really good highly recommend them uh I did not know that uh, criminal shows were the most watched TV shows. The procedurals? Yeah. 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 They are. <laughs> I mean, it's, sure it's, it's not are. surprising now that I think about it, but it, I was just like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I hmm. mean, that's, that's, that's huge. That's the majority of TV shows. Too, yeah. Well, I, when I you know. think about the number of shows, like thinking about like network TV shows, especially like everybody's got a cop drama. Most of them have more than one. Uh, what is it? CBS lives off yeah, of NCIS yeah. yeah. and and CSI and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and NBC has all the S- all all the SVUs, all Long the Law and Orders. Yep. Uh, but the only one anyone really cares about is SVU, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Chicago series of shows, which has its own Chicago PD. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. I haven't, I haven't put too much thought into why the shows are so popular. I didn't, I didn't prepare for that. I'm, uh, I'm just thinking. I feel like we've had a conversation on an episode before about this and why I like procedurals and why people like procedurals. But I think it was more like on the medical drama side, um, than the maybe yeah because there's something yeah i don't i don't know there's like there's also different versions of of law enforcement right like Mm -hmm. i think i think we let the fbi get away with a lot more Mm -hmm. than than beat cops right or uniform cops in in tv shows but like when you when you were saying link about the the fact that like there there have to be supposedly some sort of um some sort of uh consultants or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, I've got all these articles are up, right? And like, I'm thinking, uh, there's a huge picture of RoboCop here. RoboCop <laughs> is the story of basically only one good cop in the entire Detroit police department. And he is so good that because it would be great for marketing if they basically brought him back to life and souped him up and made him RoboCop, it would be gr- a great look for the department. And the more I've thought about stories, um, that I watched as a kid and, and so, so there's two parts, right? So even the idea that you have a consultant to come on for like the realism part, if that is, let's assume that that's way more true than it probably is. I mean, part of it is realism, but part of it is also like, Hey, you can make fun of this aspect of policing, but you can't say anything about this aspect of policing. Right. Right. right, Cause it's it's not realism at all. I've had a a cop actually tell me, you know, that's not how it really is in real life. Right. Yeah. It's not like the TV shows. Which (laughs) means that the stuff that they, that they thought was okay to put on television just so much police brutality and um, police stealing and doing, I don't know, all the the, the bad stuff. The right? corrupt the, cop stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, maybe maybe the, the agreement was that you had to label them explicitly as the corrupt cop in order to do that. Or you had to have internal affairs involved in some way. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about internal affairs except everything I know about it from TV. There's always somebody coming in to investigate. I don't know. I can't. I can't even think of a show that's not a procedural that isn't that isn't just full of these gangs of corrupt cops. And it's blowing my mind again. Thinking about the fact that even with all of that, even with TV telling me forever <laughs> that in within that system there are always guaranteed <laughs> one to a bunch of um and and again that may be that may be the distinction right like that may be where the consultant comes in where they they need to yeah, paint I, one I, I think as good is, and one that is, bad. is part of it right is this yeah. we hear this all the time about the you know oh it's it's just a couple of bad apples right it's like don't hold everybody accountable for the actions right. of a few and that idea is very much part of the copaganda that is yeah. absolutely baked mm-hmm. into the bread yeah because right now we're the protests aren't against the corrupt cops. It's about the it's about what policing can itself. do and get away way, away with. Yes. And in TV, when you look back at it, especially like I want to see the update to this to this um, <laughs> to these articles, right? Where you just go into like, oh yeah, no, no, like even the things that were like 
good or okay were still glamorized. Like you saw mm-hmm. people slammed into the ground. You saw like police brutality was yeah. okay because the good guys, like you said, like the good I guys could the, get away I with it the, even more. The easy uh, example is um, the show Twenty Four, which mm-hmm. I did not ever watch, but I've heard a fair amount about. I watched a lot about it. Ask me that anything. <laughs> that that show, like that show, mm-hmm. changed, like influenced so many people's beliefs about torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the point where they were like, absolutely, torture is okay in certain circumstances because, like, my dude Jack knows what's up. And it's like, holy shit. That's from one TV show had that much influence on people for them to basically be all like, violence is wrong, except when it's done by these specific groups of people who have power. And that that pattern repeats over and over and over again. Yeah, but that show, I'm, I'm not I'm not defending the show. I'm just saying that in the con- the context of the show is post nine eleven, and he is basically the the way that the show is structured is that you have um, only twenty four hours to to do the thing. So, so you have always, to torture them to get the information in twenty four hours. There's always this sense of urgency that is used as a, as a justification throughout the show. But then, but like the justification isn't just to like catch someone who who you know uh, went through a red light it's like you're always trying to avoid the next 911 so mm-hmm. i can so you can imagine how popular that idea is post 911 all the shit that the the, the the united states has changed a lot since 911 we've allowed yeah. way more things and so that that show was a fantasy Right. Like I ended up working for the military after that. Right. Like I remember being in college when post when 9-11 happened and my entire view of the world changed and how I wanted to be a part of somehow stopping that was was a difference. And Jack Bauer was a freaking superhero because he could almost single handedly stop 9-11 uh, every season. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's where the popularity of the show comes and that's where the justification of it. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense that that show yeah. would be super, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, thinking I, about I do, it. I yeah, do, yeah. do want to say, like, I am, I am obviously coming from a critical place right now because I can't help myself. Um, haha, media studies, I love it. Uh, yeah. But I do want to, you know, I do want to say I don't have any, like, beef with these shows or think that they are inherently bad. I just think that we as a society need to be more aware of the kinds of ideas that we are repeating over and over again in our media and what what we need better representation of so yeah. that people are basing their decisions and behaviors on like real life stuff instead of made up fictional stuff that ends with people getting hurt yeah yeah and 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 i'm not i'm not trying to say that these shows are good either right like i think we're mm-hmm. coming at it um from a similar mission statement and absolutely you are totally right about how especially american media changed after 9 11 yeah. um i was <laughs> these past couple of weeks i worked my way through uh the entire did i talk about this last week no I, I, yeah. Okay, I'm like, did I? Oh God, am I repeating myself? I I watched all of the Fast and Furious movies, and then I watched all of the Final Destination movies. I've seen you talk about it on Twitter and Discord, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so technically, these series are 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 pretty distinct. 
But they both <laughs> had their first movie come out before 9-11, yeah. and then their series continue on after 9-11. And so it was really interesting to l- watch these movies with that framework in mind of like seeing how different the first movie was compared to the other ones. Obviously, you know, movie series change over time regardless, but there's just some really, really interesting aspects to, um, I mean, especially like Final Destination, the, the first, first one the came, first came one, out in 2000. The, the first exciting one was event is a plane right? crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they I remember that. never, ever do a plane in the rest of the four movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never, they never touch a plane ever again. They do lots of car stuff, but they're all like, can't do, can't do the plane now. Yike. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious I, is so crazy too. Fast but, and um, Furious is a great action series. Um, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I also, you know, just watching movies and shows and stuff in general the past couple couple of months couple of years um noticing uh, a pattern of all if there are cops or a a cop related scene there is always a black woman cop because she is the diversity person to stand there and be a like it's okay. And <laughs> it was just wild. Like I watched all of Justified and that is, that was a big aspect of that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, um it's interesting to, that, that is one of the things that's talked about in the um, normalizing injustice report is how a lot of the times there will be black or other people of color police officers in a scene and they serve as a way to sort of endorse whatever bad cop action is happening um and uh that yeah that's something that shows up in in our media a lot yeah it's interesting as the one who watches all of these procedurals on a regular basis um reflect on that yeah yeah my my anecdotal kind of view is there are a lot of what we've been talking about. There's some aspects that are realistic and a lot that are not. Um, There's the show that I watch the most right now. I used to watch SVU a lot, um, loved it, but dropped off on it. And now I watch um, Chicago PD is probably my least favorite of the Chicago shows, but I watch it for the story and and the interpersonal drama. But they have the whole premise of that show is the main character, the head of their unit, was on another show, and he was a corrupt cop that went to jail because he did a lot of fucked up things. <laughs> um, and so they bring him out, and he has to work his way. He has to be good and be a good cop and work his way into... Um, Wait, he got arrested yes. for being a bad cop, and then they let him be a... A cop again? Well, he went to jail yes. first. He went to jail, and then they pulled him out because the system of works. His, the system he works. He was rehabilitated. So, uh, uh, so, the Californian prisoners who are firefighting can't become firefighters afterwards. Yeah. See, yeah. see Link, we, we, I know we differ on this, but like, I'm telling you, people don't know that what they see on TV isn't real. You just isn't accept it as fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez. Okay. All so, right. so, so, okay. so they you let your point. They let him out of jail. They let him out of jail. Um, 
as a part of a deal where he has to work to solve something because he has the connections in the gangs or whatever, and he has control of the streets or I don't know. Anyway, the idea is that most of his unit uh, in in this program in this show are, I'd say they're they're not. There's a couple of good cop characters that try and push back against him, um, and eventually they get one of those black cop characters um, who, oh, it's okay. But after after Ferguson and after Mike Brown, um, things they did a lot more episodes focusing on how brutal the police are in this show, like. This show, they have a separate secret like interrogation room where the cameras aren't pointed in the garage so that they can bring people and beat the shit out of them. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And there are cops that are like, no, you can't do that. And then there's the good cops that like do a bad thing and you get the feeling like, no, don't do that. Don't be like him. Um, but there was an episode recently... Um, Actually, it was the season finale of this last season. Uh, the There was an incident where um, everybody's encouraging this uh, the, the one black cop on their team to not, quote-unquote, snitch on another cop. Um, and he did, and he stood up for a black man who was killed for no reason on the show. And this has been a, a history of things like he's like, no, we, this is not, he's, he's the voice of reason and everybody else should be the voice of reason too. Um, but he's the voice of reason on the show. And he's like, no, this isn't right. So now they ended the, the last season with all of this guy, the, the cop that he, uh, he called out is one of these like legacy cops that has all these family members and friends and, so basically they stalked him near his home and just like parked on his streets and turned their lights on and then drove away and basically threatened him. And that's what they left it on. And I don't know because what the next season is going to look like, especially in light of current events. Um, the yeah. show does is willing to tackle the fucked up things, whether they do it in an okay way or a not okay way. That's not my... My place to say, I think, uh, because I'm not an expert, um, but policing is fucked up as I have experienced. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Again, that, that episode that we did two years ago, it started talking about um, Spider-Man and, and that may not be, we may not be able to touch on on this, on this episode in particular. Maybe it's a future episode. Maybe it's just another conversation. But I was thinking about how like my, my dad's, generation was like they grew up on cowboys i think we grew up on cops and mm -hmm. younger people now are growing up on superheroes and there's there continues to be this lawlessness this like like i don't feel comfortable with captain the way captain america beats the shit out of people because he's so powerful mm -hmm. um playing in like in the movies like it is just like <laughs> i saw this youtube video where these special effects guys um realistically alter the scene in um civil war where uh we're like a scene in civil war so we're like uh when he people are just like splattering right it's like if this guy was really this powerful these people would explode or like come out like he'd chop their heads off it was like 
it was way more realistic, but, but the, the point is the same, right? Like these people who are super powerful, not accountable to any sort of law. I mean, that's kind of like what civil war is, is about in a way. Um, but we we're forgiving, right? And and f- playing something like GTA Five, where you play as uh, what's the what's the character that does the torture scene? Mm. Mm, it's I... not not Franklin, not uh, I forgot. But it's there's there's three characters. Um, Franklin is the black character. There's the father character, and then there's like the guy who lives out like in a trailer. And him, there's a point where you have to. Like the game doesn't give you an option. Like you have to basically torture this other person to proceed in the game, and that's mm-hmm. got a lot of attention. Um, but I think like it was it was more difficult for me to be Spider Man, the hero, and kick the shit out of everybody mm-hmm. without, um, including some police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in those cases, I think you know they were like corrupt uh, police in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're just like everybody's against Spider Man, right? But um, I mentioned in that episode that there's this, and it, it still doesn't sit well with me. There's a scene in a prison, and then mm-hmm. it stereotypically has every single person in the prison. It's like you just assume that like a switch flips, and then everybody in that everyone's uh, bad, everyone's <laughs> a criminal, and that gives you permission to kick the shit out of everybody there. And so that's. What what the, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. I heard this week. This, the Spider Man is a best selling game on PlayStation on PlayStation Four. I think I mean I love that game. I can't wait to see. Uh, I can't wait to play the next one. I think it was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. But it makes it made me uncomfortable in hindsight. I don't know if I could do it again. And I'm very curious. Uh, like you said, how are, how is this show that you're watching going to change post now? What mm-hmm. are future shows going to be like? Like cops can't even be on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got to cancel it and other shows like it. Um, I'm, I'm saying that the, the companies were like, no, like we can't even put this. Like the next season of cops was ready to go. It should have mm-hmm. premiered two days ago. It's like, no, we're canceling it. We're not, we're not putting it on TV. We kind of see, <laughs> we kind of see what everybody's talking about. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Uh, so we're not going to do that. Uh, what, how are shows that are already cop shows and things like that going to change in the future? How is a game like Spider-Man, who the next installment has a black Puerto Rican protagonist, how are they going to handle these these issues? And in his case, it's even more complex, right? Like his father was a cop too. Like there's all of these things that they could touch on in that story, but that game was made before before it's the last It's already done. Weeks. The story's already done, yeah. Yeah, so will they alter it? Will they change it before it releases in in the holidays? I don't know. But a big part of this is, and something I want to talk about, and I know Link is, 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 has some stuff about this too, which is like, who is writing these stories and telling these stories? So mm-hmm. let's, let's take a break and then talk about that. The Geek Therapy Network and all of our projects are made possible by the supportive listeners like you. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month and gain access to exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stories, swag, and more. Sign up at any tier and we'll send you a welcome kit in the mail anywhere in the world to celebrate your first month. Thank you so, so much for supporting us. We couldn't do it without you. You can learn more at patreon.com slash geektherapy. All right. So who, who is telling these stories? Who is writing uh, these these police stories? I'm, I'm curious to see what, what you found, Link. Um, the, the most interesting things that I found in the last week were uh, articles talking about black creators showing police brutality and police killings and this was um this is pretty crazy so i was thinking like okay uh i I think again the things that we like are uh 
or an opportunity for conversation for us to, to touch certain topics. So thinking like, okay, let me see. Superhero stuff, I already mentioned. Spider-Man. I was like, okay, black protagonist, what's going on? Um, Cloak and Dagger, TV mm-hmm. show, live action. Black protagonist. Um, first episode, his older brother killed by a cop. Um, and I was thinking of stories like this, right? And And I read an article that said, I had more. I don't know why I can't remember them right now. But in stories where, like, over the last few years, we've seen these stories more and more. It's like, oh, yeah, we have a black protagonist. What do they? What is their experience in life? Oh, yeah, like, at some point, let's touch on the fact that they're either going to be victims of police brutality or someone that they know is going to get killed by a cop. That was uh, in- incredible to reflect on how many times I've seen that story play out again over the last few years. But one of the most interesting things that I found was that when black creators were telling those stories, they they tend to not show the actual murder because, because they don't need to do that because the, Mm -hmm. they want to focus on the emotional impact on Mm -hmm. the families and the community. And there's no, there's no need to actually show the murder. So I watched, um, See You Yesterday. We've talked about this this movie in the past. It's a Netflix science fiction film. It's about these two um, high school kids who invent time travel. It's actually it's actually pretty clever. Their teacher, their, their like a uh, homeschool teacher, homeroom teacher, is Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty perfect. They even get him to say "Great Scott," and uh, they invent time travel. And after they invent time travel, the the one of the protagonists' older brother is killed by police. And they don't show it, but the movie shows them trying to use this new power that they've acquired to go back and erase that. And it is, it is a, like just the idea, like I, I would always, I've always known what it was about. I didn't see it until recently. And that is one hell of a powerful story. The idea, like the, the mother of the, of, of the guy who was killed tells her daughter like if i could go back and change it i could right and there's that moment and <laughs> that cheesy moment and movies it's like what did you say it's like oh yeah you just gave me the idea i just i just invented the time travel i can go back and do that and it is heartbreaking to see the tr- how often she has to go back to try to fix this and and avoid the death of her brother um at the hands of the cop like, oh, if i didn't mention this before black protagonist black man killed by white police officer in the movie and the movie i'm going to spoil them the end just to make the point uh the (laughs) movie ends with her making another attempt and we don't know if she's successful or not and and that's like the most powerful ending that the movie could possibly have leaving us with the same ambiguousness as yeah she has Yeah. yeah yeah and there's um there's a difference between black creators selling these stories and historically, you know, and not just like a black person on in the writing room, right? Talking about like, um, I was reading about Queen Sugar, this show on Hulu, which is the same. But that is like produced by Oprah, directed and written by Ava DuVernay, full black cast. Like, okay, like that is a black show, right? Your creators are there. You're going to make decisions that you can't make on other TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so just, just again, just that reflection on like this happens so much to black people 
that they they want to tell the story, but they don't want to show it again because they've seen it a million times, and that's just hurtful and painful. And the idea that you're that uh, a, a black mother of someone who who lost a child would possibly see this, there's no reason to show it again, right? To show that part of it, but we can still tell the stories around it because that's what you don't hear, right? Like even even in see you yesterday, there's in the backdrop you see the protests that happen surrounding the murder but you don't see the and this was in this case in the movie it's like mistaken identity um and you see the protest but it's like it's such it's in the backdrop right it's like hey we're acknowledging that this is what happens but imagine if a kid had the power to try to do something about it this is what they're going through this is a family that's dealing with it anyway so that's a very different story than than, than we're used to and we're seeing more of those and when I reflect back I'm like damn I've seen that happen a lot in in stories than more than I than I realized and it surprised me mm-hmm. so writers rooms yeah yeah um in, in uh, another section of the normalizing injustice report they have a racial integrity index in which they are comparing the percentage of people of color characters versus the percentage of people of color writers. And um, this is, again, of the, I think, what what did I say, like 36 shows that they, or 26 shows that they looked at. Um, I'm looking over these numbers, and all but like three of them are 80% white or higher. Hmm. Um, And almost every single one of these shows, the showrunner and the creators are white men and women. Oh yeah. I'm just scrolling. It just says white man, white woman, white man, white man, white man. (laughs) Uh, Are we surprised though? No, but it does further illustrate this aspect of like who gets to tell these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And as as we have talked about our own perceptions, recognizing that the people in the writing rooms are the same way, the stuff that they've seen in their life, the stuff that they grew up with, their own personal like actual experiences, but also all of the media they've consumed throughout their life goes into whatever they make. And so we have this hundred year history of white people telling stories about cops and only certain types of stories are going to get told by that. Just, yeah. just that's how that's how it works. And so, um, yeah, I guess my or you my, could tell the same story and tell it completely different, right? Because yeah, because absolutely. Of all yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When I came yeah. to Chicago uh, three months ago, uh, the day after, like, I arrived on a Thursday night, and on Friday I went to a a local. There was like a theater where they were doing a presentation on Disney movies. And the person there made the case that Zootopia is a Blue Lives Matter movie. Then she went and she was like, look at the writer's room and look at all these people. And this person and like and, and she talked about like their 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 family history and their past professional history and what they were doing. Right. And then she connected that to the just per- particular scenes in the movie. And it was one of the first times that I'd ever like. I talk about on the show. We talk about this all the time, right? Like uh, the the creators of and and like it's so much easier on comic books because we're like we know there's one writer usually and one artist, and then it's really easy to say like oh you know like 
Ms. Marvel has a has a female Muslim um, author, right? And she's and she and look at how this story is told, and it feels genuine. And look at the ideas that she's trying to present. When or you, got, you look like, at Black Panther, you have time to quotes. quotes. Right? Yeah. you're like, oh, okay, like you can make the connection. Roxanne like one, Gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like one to one, or like even the way that the that the that the um, characters are drawn and the stories, the way they look on TV. It's like, it's easier when like the creator, it's like, um, uh, like insecure, um, the show on HBO. It was the first show that I, that I heard talk about lighting black faces. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. there's such a, there's, if you don't have black people in charge, who is advocating so that the black people look good on screen next to white people? Cause you need to light them completely different for them to all look good. And, and, you know, it, it's easy when um, uh, Issa Rae is like the showrunner and she's out there talking about the show. It's so hard on some of these other shows where like, you're not really invested in like, I don't, I don't know who the writers are. I don't like how big the writing room is. I don't know at the studio, like who's making different decisions, who, what got canceled when, like it's, it's so much harder, um, but it's way more interesting when you, when you look into that stuff for TV shows and movies. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, obviously, like, you can enjoy a piece of media and just, just enjoy it. But I do think that there is something to uh, gain from being more introspective about this aspect, um, who, you know, behind, yeah. not not just who's on screen, but who is behind the screen and how that impacts the types of stories that we get to see. Did you think about this stuff before you studied media psychology or did you oh i mean it's uh, no it's it it is learned it is uh critical thinking is a skill that we have to practice there's been some things that i've you know as a as a kid would ask questions about but not necessarily to the same level of like critical analysis of media (laughs) it's it's more like well why why is it that way and then somebody saying i don't know and then me going okay (laughs) I, th- I think about that all the time, like who who these kids are asking questions to, you know, who are the people mm-hmm. giving them the answers? Because mm-hmm. that's like, that's half of the, that's most of the learning, right? It's like that context, you ask that question, you don't understand exactly what's going on. And you have parents who don't know or have very particular opinions and just make mm-hmm. shit up. You hope that they ask the right person <laughs> the question. Yeah. And yeah. Has there anything that um, you learned during this research, um, like for this episode, I mean, uh, that was either the most shocking or surprising or that you you didn't really think about or know? Well, I mean, of, of this normalizing injustice study, I've seen uh, a handful of these shows that they, they looked at. Like I've watched most of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've seen most of the original NCIS Um I've watched some episodes of Mindhunter and SVU. Um, I've watched all of Orange is the New Black. We didn't even talk about the prison system, right? Uh Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, But uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff was surprising to me because it's it's nice to actually see the data and the numbers and and everything. But honestly, the the aspect that we talked about earlier on where the, um, the good cops doing bad actions and uh the ratio at which that happens within these shows was just it was bonkers to me um basically only three of them 
three shows, Orange is the New Black, Seven Seconds, and Goliath. Those three shows had more bad guys doing bad actions than good guys doing bad actions. Mm-hmm. But all of the other shows had more bad good guys doing bad actions than bad guys doing bad actions. And that that sort of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you have a show called How to Get Away with Murder. Like, okay, that one makes sense. But you have like... Everybody's Lon- doing bad actions in that <laughs> You have movie. like Law and Order and it's like, wait, that seems not good. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but, but they told us it's good, right? But they They're told us it's good. good. Yeah. This is again. This was. This was that. This I think. This idea was the basis for for that episode we did two years ago. It's like why yeah. are our why heroes... why is it okay that our hero is doing all of this violence and we're yep. supposed to just accept it and not question it? And and yep. yeah, it's like let's let's bring that energy to a lot of media that we consume. Is like why is it this way and yep. should we be questioning it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know. I think, I think, I think media has been changing already. Like I said, like, I think we have a new generation that is, Absolutely. that is able to, um, but, but like, there's a part where like, I think representation is getting much better because more people are able to tell stories and the mm-hmm. stories that we're telling, again, like thinking back to Cloak and Dagger, I was like, oh shit, like that show was on uh, Freeform, was it? Yeah. They, which yeah. is like the I don't know the young adult version of that like, was the ABC Family, yeah, 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 right. And then in the first episode, the the protagonist's um, the black protagonist's brother gets killed by police, and then that becomes like a big thread throughout the uh, throughout the show. And I was like, wait, like, why was that a bigger de- a bigger deal? <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't feel. But I think it's because that story is actually told way more often than we think. I think. Maybe that's I think one of the a big most part of that that specific example also is that they end up making that specific instance a huge aspect of that character's growth in that's that true. he's true. very traumatized by it, as mm-hmm. are we, the viewers, yeah. and trying to cope with, uh, you know, the stress of dealing with cops after that interaction, the stress of trying to explain to your parents what happens, mm-hmm. how to, you know, just like feel safe anymore. And, and they, they really like work that into his actual character development as opposed to like the sort of tropey aspect of just being like, well, he's our black main character. So of course he's got a dead brother who got shot by cops because his brother's a, a gang member, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course he is. Yeah, he's a gang guy. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, yeah, I think I think definitely they handled Cloak and Dagger with uh, a lot more care in that way. I wonder uh, who the writers were for that episode. Yeah, I never, I never checked, but... The, I think what, what shocked me more is not the fact that, again, when I asked the question, why didn't that get more attention? I think it's because that story has actually been told repeatedly and repeatedly on television lately. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't even, it's it's the saddest, what what do you call when like something just stops? It's been normalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it's normalized in the news, which is yeah. horrible. And then like, we already got to the point where it's normalized in our fiction, mm-hmm. in our stories. Um, yeah, it's different because it's in a superhero show. Uh, but shit, <laughs> you know, that's horrible. The fact that, again, it's like 
are we desensitized to even that? I mean, it's it just it just makes it more sad. But how so? How are these shows going to? How is how is the representation of police going to change? How is it going to change? Yeah, in the future is something that I've been thinking a lot about. Like I said, Spider Man. That I'm I'm very curious. Um, because again, I think I think that making superheroes the ones that are not accountable to any laws, they're being a vigilante is cool and all that shit. Like you know, like the parallels to being in a position of law enforcement and being a superhero, like it's the same fucking thing, you know. But we mm-hmm. we forgive a lot more um, when it's when it's a, because they're a superhero, right? Or they, they're outside of the law or or all of these things. Like, how do you? Will we make those sh- those those stories more realistic? Will they reflect this in any way? I I don't know. I, th- I think it depends a lot on how policing will actually change in real life. But yeah, yeah. I mean it's mm-hmm. a it's extremely complex and interconnected with a bunch of other systems, and so like. I mean, even just talking about this specific thing, the way that that police and black people interact in our media, in our fiction stories. Like even just looking at that, that's, you know, looking at all of the criminal justice system, that's looking at racial aspects, that's the gender comes into play there. Classism, like all of that stuff is involved. So there, there isn't an easy fix to this because so many of these broken systems rely on each other. Uh, what we can hope for is that as we dismantle the parts that we don't need, we can figure out how to save the parts that we do need. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it, <laughs> Link. As someone who has worked in um, public mental health programs and has been defunded, I don't find, I don't, I don't, uh, I'd like to see what that, what that looks like when you, when you move money around in different ways. That'll be very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, and also these are not new ideas. Like I think twelve, fifteen years ago, didn't know it could have been that long ago. I'm not that old. Like ten years ago, <laughs> when I was, um, I was in Maryland. I, I was working for a uh, a hotline, like a like a suicide hotline. But it was, it was like multiple hotlines. Like we were, we were all the hotlines for the area. <laughs> okay, so all the not numbers just came suicide, but like just any kind of hotline yeah it was it was united way it was um okay it was everything it was like four different numbers came in and we we were doing them all but i was i was shocked to learn that there was and i don't remember the name of it now but it was basically like a mental health um ambulance or first aid team that oh, would, we have that out here yes but like again yeah. 10 years okay first, first of all never seen this shit on tv Okay. This is this is right. Right. Let's 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 stick to the. Yeah. Let's stay on I brand. Mean, so yeah, ten years ago, yeah. I'd never seen that in my life. So I learned that when there is a crisis, I can call the police and suggest, and and based on on what's going on, I can suggest like, hey, like it sounds like this would be good for the for the mental health team to go, and then they would send basically two mental health workers with a police assisting them in case they needed some sort of security. So the ones that are leading are the mental health team. And this mm-hmm. blew my mind. I, I had no idea that this was happening. Of course, this happens in more parts of the of the country. It doesn't happen everywhere. And there isn't enough money 
put into programs like that for for them to respond to to all the cases yeah but like we have options <laughs> we have things available mm-hmm. we have different ways of doing things uh that that can in, in the context of what is being discussed right now right that don't need to result in violence or death because there are other ways to to do things. So yeah, I mean, I would love to see more examples of sci-fi that shows different types of policing and yeah. security yep. um, instead of just the it, they're the regular cops, but now they have uh, glowy armor. <laughs> like and like and so like positive versions, right? Because yeah, yeah, I would love like... to see you know the uh, the Star Trek. Uh, mental health PTSD team, team yeah. Yeah. that has their own ship that's like super soft and comforting inside and they, yeah. they fly around and pick up people and help them out and everything and they can still wear cool uniforms that everybody gets real stoked on but they don't <laughs> have to do the violence that would be cool yeah because we have things that's, like my- you just described Deanna Troy <laughs> <laughs> we love Deanna Troy yeah, yeah. but like yeah I don't want to see more psychopaths which is an anime where like machines like assess your mental health and like if your mood <laughs> is beyond a certain range it's like the guns unlock um i don't want to see that uh, i don't want to yeah. see minority no, report you. right i want to see <laughs> i want to see some creative uh applications of this um mental health yeah idea. what what yeah. is the like comforting positive version of minority report because i would like to watch that movie huh the positive, mm. comforting version. There's, of, there's no well, actually, positive, actually, no, comforting I mean, I think, version of Minority Report. <laughs> no, I think I think there could be. It's like, hey man, like we like we we can see the future. How about let's let's just sit down and talk about this. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Then, How about and, instead of looking forward at future crimes, you look forward at future uh, moments where people could really use emotional and physical support, and you show up then instead of the at, at the crime part. Right, right, right. I mean, you could you could make a connection, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we've talked about this in the past, right? Where like you can see the it's like okay, this person got to this point, but that's because this happened and that happened and that happened and that happened and that happened, and then you can go back and you're like, okay, like kind of like in sci-fi movies, they're like, if we kill, I don't know, if we kill Hitler as a baby, it'll avoid all this other stuff that happens, right? But like apply that in a more um, mental health psychology. Uh, um, well, and events. also apply it in in the moment, right? You're not going back and doing it. You're doing it now. The the going to the past is now. That kind um, of thing would be cool. Well, yeah, e- either way. But I like something yeah. like instead of like intervening necessarily, it's like, okay, like, oh, that teacher in that classroom was garbage. Let's replace that one with like a, <laughs> a, a nice one, right? Or and, and, uh, and, and then it's like, oh, and then like this whole generation of, of, of kids um, was supported and treated well, right? And then like the whole world changed because you changed this And then they one made person. Steven Universe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Oh man, we need to start writing some stories. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. Is there anything else, um, Link, that you wanted to to touch on that we haven't? Um, I mm, I guess I do. I do want to say, as just sort of an aside, as we talk about reallocating where funding goes, mm-hmm. um, as part of a solution and i want to emphasize that it is part of a solution because our uh mental health care system 
and other types of care systems are not uh, without their own internal issues with racism and sexism and ableism. And so we need to think more broadly about all of our systems as we try and fix individual ones. Didn't, now I'm not clear on the details, but The Wire, doesn't on two different instances touch on this? One is where they kind of like, they create this whole area um and have, have either of you watched the wire yeah the wire is great and is probably actually like the best show to watch if you want to watch something about cops <laughs> but, because but I think, it is maybe the most realistic <laughs> right but also like i think in season four they do this thing where they like have an area of the of the city that is like, yeah they decide to stop policing a couple of blocks yeah. as a mm-hmm. way to be all like if you're gonna do it do it can, here we we can't, we, we can't feasibly cope with all of this stuff, but also we kind of want to like punish you by basically making that no man's land. Um, yeah, it's a, well, that, I mean, it's that's wild. A, that's a part of it, isn't it? But it's also like, they're still policing it, but it's like, if we just like drug, dr- uh, drug um, selling is going to happen. If you do it here, we won't. We're not gonna come in. We're not. Yeah, gonna yeah. Like we're gonna anything. avoid a whole bunch of. I, I don't. Again, I forgot we'll, the details. We'll but bust I think, you slightly less often. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was something like that. And I think. I think what ends up happening is that the, the chief, the police chief, who wants to do that and puts it into place, eventually, the city's like, no, <laughs> and they come in and they mess it all up. And then I think in yep. the final season, it's all about education, right? Isn't it and about politics? The, um, but it's related to e- the school featuring and stuff, lead- right? Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the school is hmm, no. Well, I think it addresses these issues, I right? Of like, them. So I'm trying to remember if the school stuff was in the fourth season or the fifth season. I think that I, yeah, I feel like the school was in the fifth, and the and the no man's land was three or four. But again, I I need to go back. But especially now, after like having this conversation and thinking about this so broadly, like to go back and watch the the show that I, you know. Uh, as cliche as it is, I also call the best show ever made. Um, it is. I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to go back. And I thought see. Steven Universe was the best show ever no, made. No, nope, never. I've nope. never, never the said wire? that. The nope. Okay, yep. I, Link has. I, I mean, that's that's a tough call for me, but I do want to, as as an aside, during my research, uh, the making of the show, The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had had an agreement with the mayor of Baltimore to film, and then right before the mayor's like, "No, you're making the police look bad, and yep. that makes <laughs> me look bad." And they were like, "Okay, we won't film it in Baltimore, but if we're not in Baltimore, you don't have any control, and it'll still we'll still call it Baltimore. Yep. We just won't be filming it there." <laughs> yeah, that was in and the first basically strong armed him into <laughs> having to do it. Is great. I love. If that. we can make Vancouver any city on the planet, then we can make whatever we want. Baltimore. Baltimore. That's basically yeah. what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they. That's how they did that. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Okay, I need to go back to the wire. I keep saying that. You know, it was HD remastered a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah. I H- only watched the first season, and it was not remastered when I watched it. So, yeah, so, so I don't I'll know how much continue. better. It was, but um, yeah, gotta watch that on HBO. I'm, I'm now I'm nervous. I'm like, oh. I'm, there's a lot of stuff, right? That I think I think this has been happening a lot lately to a lot of people, where you go back to to media that you know you used to be okay with. Now it's like, oh, what? And now you cringe. What? Yeah. What? I grew up watching this stuff. 
No wonder the <laughs> <laughs> world is the way it is. That's incredible. That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, and, and and before we wrap up, I do I do want to um, mention. I should have mentioned this at the beginning. I think I sent you both a a TikTok earlier today. Also, everybody go on TikTok. It's very educational. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a TikTok about a therapist like saying like how overwhelmed they were with all of their like um, trying to help all of their black clients. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we set the context at the beginning of like how like our interactions with police have been limited, and we're and we're talking at this uh, about all of this from a, a critical lens, but. You know, those. The, what surprised me the most in the research for this episode was those like the idea that you're making a show assuming that black people are going to watch it and black people have already been affected by this. So there's no reason to show the gory details again because they know them. They know them very well. Mm-hmm. And there's no... So just the way that this is the conversation right now, just like this is our, you know, the conversation we decided to have this week is this that's the conversation that's happening everywhere and how overwhelming it can be for for our black clients and friends and family who who are being now bombarded like not just reminded but bombarded with this constantly on a daily basis now since uh, keep in mind all right so i think that's all i got all right so thank you for listening to gt radio thank you for joining us let us know what you think disagree uh forums on the discord uh for more geek therapy visit geektherapy.com remember to geek out and do good (laughs) we'll be back next week bye this episode was brought to you in part by our patreon supporters we'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above including mark booney lydia jamila adam doe gay pat and joe lynn to learn more about how to support geek therapy and gain access to exclusive content visit patreon.com slash geek therapy